0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, praise the Lord. I've entitled the message today, Who Are You? And we're taking the passage of scripture from Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 20. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 20. Oh, also, uh, Lance's house is sold, and Effie and I are moving into a condo up in the north uh, on Wednesday. We would like to, Wednesday morning... Uh, to move in, if we can get some people that are available to, at that time. We need just a few strong guys. We don't have any appliances or anything like that. It's just the couches and bedrooms and stuff like that. So uh, so uh, we thank God for that. The Lord has provided and we're looking forward to what God is going to do this fall and winter. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, Acts chapter 19. Getting read at verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. You carry on in reading that in verses 17 to 20. The Bible tells us that the people were filled with fear. The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Many believed, confessing their sins. Many renounced their occultic practices and burned their books of magic. And the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. It's amazing what can happen when we work and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. When, when Paul was moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, God worked unusual miracles. Things that wasn't natural was happening. And so we see the sick being healed and demons being cast out. And it wasn't by laying on of hands. It was just by attaching those handkerchiefs and aprons that was sent from Paul's body. That's the kind of God we serve That's the kind of God we believe in. That's the kind of miracles that we experience and expect to see in this day in which we live. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Amen? Amen? But then you see the counterfeit coming along. And those itinerant Jews thought they could do the same thing that Paul was doing. They were looking at what, what was holy as common and unclean. And they figured that they could do the same thing. But they found out that even the devils know who you are. And those guys said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? In other words, what authority do you have to cast us out? What authority do you have to do spiritual business with us? You've got nothing. But I want you to know that even the smallest child of God and the youngest child of God has the same kind of power that Paul had on that day when people... We're just being, re- being healed and revived by simply wearing a handkerchief that came from his body. Amen. We are about to enter into a great spiritual awakening. I believe that with all of my heart. Every sign and indication points to the fact that God is about to move by his Holy Spirit in a way that we have not seen in this generation. The church in general has strayed from the faith and has run off course. We have lost our way. There is a generation now in North America who do not know the Lord. Evangelical Christianity is about to suffer serious persecution. Everything is in place. The laws have been passed. In the U.S., uh, 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 what's her name, Clinton, said the other day that evangelical Christians have to change their beliefs. They have to change their ways. And that's coming from the higher authorities in the United States. And Donald Trump mentioned that that uh, Lyndon Johnson passed the law when he was president. It's on the books that the U.S. government can stop uh, uh, giving tax receipts to to churches to charities. Do you understand how close we are to the second coming of the Lord? But I believe, according to Scripture, that there's going to be a great outpouring before that time. And it seems to me that this would be a good time for it to start. And why not in Coal Lake? Why not us? let give the Holy Spirit full reign in our hearts, full reign in our church, so that He can do what He wants to do. Our Christian forefathers Paid with their lives to win freedom. That we enjoy today. And if the church do not rise to the challenge now. Our children and our grandchildren. May very well be faced with the same situation. All over again. It's not good, it's not good news. But it needs to be spoken. Folks. Folks. Let's not be like the ostrich and place our head in the sand. Let's not just think that if we just lie low and do nothing, everything is going to be okay. It's getting worse all the time. It's time for born-again believers to take a stand for righteousness. It's not too late, but we must act now. We have considered in past messages the need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We have considered the need to be led by the Spirit of God. We have considered the importance of the Word of God. And we have considered the power of the Word of God. Now let's consider the fact that it's time to take action. James 14:20 says faith without works is dead it's not enough just to believe we've got to act upon that belief because dead feet a uh, dead faith rather leads to dead churches which leads to dead religion which leads a person straight to hell That's the fact. So how can we get off this slippery slope and back to a firm spiritual foundation? I'm glad you asked. The answer is found in God's Word. There are no shortcuts. Let me say that again. There are no shortcuts. We've got to follow the Word of God. We've got to do exactly what the Word of God says, and then God will come true with blessings. It is God's way or the broad way. And Jesus said the broad way leads to destruction. I want to go God's way. Matthew chapter 7, 13. Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go therein. Jesus said that. That's what Jesus said. Okay. Okay. So, my first point today is know who you are in Christ. If we're going to do exploits for for God, if we're going to see the same kind of miracles that Jesus said would take place, he said, greater things than these shall you do if I go to my Father. He's gone back to the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. But we're going to need need to know who we are in Christ. If we don't know who we are in Christ, we'll spend a lot of time and energy doing things to define our identity. The truth is, no amount of human recognition can adequately adequately define our identity. Your identity is not found in what you do, but in who you are by God's grace. Paul explains this in the first half of the book of Ephesians. We pick it up in Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 1, rather, verse 4 and 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure. And His will. You see, we have been chosen before creation. We have been chosen by God before we were even conceived in our mother's womb, chosen to be holy and blameless in His sight, adopted into His family, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Through Jesus Christ, it was His will. And his pleasure to do so. That's who we are. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 and 10 says. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourself is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. These are very, very special words. It declares who you and are, I are in Christ. We don't work to climb the ladder of success in order to find or prove who we are. All we have to do is look to the word of God. We serve out of who we are in Christ. This revelation is the foundation for effective ministry. When we know who we are in him, then we can stand boldly before all of the wilds and the fiery darts of the enemy. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. The Bible says he knew that the Father had put all things in his power. Jesus was not insecure in his identity. He knew who he was. And you and I have been told by the word of God who we are. We need to believe that and stand up on that and be firm in that. When we are firmly centered on who we are in Christ, we can come against the works of darkness with confidence in the name of Jesus. Believing, obeying, doing all that is written in his word concerning healing and deliverance according to what Jesus has promised. These seven sons of Siva made the mistake of using a formula instead of God given authority. The name of Jesus. Is to be used in faith. Based upon the promises. Of the word by believers. Doing his work. You see the promise. Is to believers. These men. Were not believers. They were trying to go. Through the ritual of religion. and Trying to. Produce. Produce the same results that spirit-filled men of God were seeing and doing. But in Mark chapter 16, 17, 19 proves this. That this is for believers. And he says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is for believers. A believer is one who believes that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again for our justification, that he ascended into heaven, that he is coming back, that he sent the Holy Spirit to be here on earth with us as individuals in each and every individual life and to empower us to do the work of the ministry the same things that he did when he was on this earth. This is what he has commissioned his church to do and this is what we need to be doing. And any time we are doing less, we are not fulfilling the great commission. These men we were not believers. They had no authority to do Christian ministry. They had no idea of what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. The demon recognized that they had no authority over them. And Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? These men got a real whipping when they, when they left that house naked and bruised. It made the people think twice before using the name of Jesus in vain. There's a number of things that happened in the New Testament that caused people to stop their laziness and their silliness and get in, get in, in, in the right place with God. You remember when, when the, the, the early Christians decided that, that everything they had was in common and they began to sell uh, things that they didn't need and, 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 and gave them, came and gave the money to the church. And the church was growing rapidly. And Two people said. Ananias and Sapphira. Said hey that's a great idea. And they were looking for some prestige. And so they figured. That they would do the same thing. Other, but otherwise. They would not give it all. They would hold back some. But they would make everyone believe. That this is what they were doing. They were giving everything. It is like you and I. Saying Lord I surrender all. And to us. It's just a hymn. It's just a song. But God wants, if I'm going to surrender all, God wants all. If I'm going to surrender 50%, then God wants 50%. God is a man of his word. is a God of his word. He's not a man that he should lie. And so he's expecting the same from us. He's expecting you and I to be people of our word. And if we say we're going to do something, then we need to be able to do it. We should not have to sign a contract to prove that, that we are truthful. Amen? We should not have to swear on a stack of Bibles that we are telling the truth. People should know that we are men and women of our word. That we have been changed people. That we have been born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. And now we are men and women of integrity. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And the truth is that you are loved by God. I want you to know who you are today. It Makes no difference if you have been born again 30 years or 30 minutes ago. You've got the same power with God. Listen to this. John 1.12 says, I am a child of God. Romans 5.1 says, I have been justified. Just as if I had never sinned. Uh, John, uh, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, I belong to God. And Philippians chapter 3.20 says, I am a citizen of heaven. Philippians 1.8 and Colossians 1.14 says, I am forgiven. And because I am forgiven, Ephesians 4.32 says, I can forgive others. Uh, uh, Ephesians 1, 9 and 3, 11 says, I have purpose. I have a purpose in life. And Ephesians 1, 12 says, I have hope. E- I, uh, Ephesians two fourteen says, I have peace with God. And uh, 1 Peter 1, 23 says, I am born again. E- uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, I am a new creation. And John 3, 16 says, I am a believer. And the Bible is truth. And we can believe the truth. And the truth can set us free. And when we believe about what the Bible says about us, then we can stand with confidence. We can pray with confidence. We can witness with confidence. I could go on, but suffice to say, you and I, who have been born again, are changed people. We're a new creation, just as the Bible said. And secondly... Know your potential in Christ. Many believers are capable of doing great exploits for God in the body of Jesus. But they have not yet realized the awesome reservoir of power that abides within them. There are higher goals that are possible for you and I to obtain. Your potential is, is based on the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you that again. Your potential is based on the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, get this now. If you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit indwells you, dwells in you, okay? So, with the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you have amazing potential. His presence in you gives you amazing potential. Now, many Spirit-filled believers have not realized their potential in Christ. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you release that power. You have been given that mighty power and now it is released as you release as you as you surrender yourself to him as you allow his spirit to move through you all of this power that has been given you is unleashed and you find yourself being the same kind of a powerhouse that Peter and Paul and John and all of these people were And yet, we have believed the lie. We think we've got to go for years. We've got to have all of this experience before we can be used of God. If there's anything that I can get down into your heart and your spirit, it is this. You've got power with God. If you're a believer... You don't have to wait till morning to get the pastor or go to a doctor to get your healing. You have power with God. Your prayers are powerful. And if you feel for some reason that you haven't been serving God very faithfully and you feel that you're not worthy to pray a prayer of belief, a prayer of faith, then get on your face before God, say, Lord, I've sinned, forgive me, and then pray the prayer. Amen? Amen? Amen. Do you understand the day of putting men and women on pedestals are over, folks? This is a new day. A new awakening is coming to the church and people are beginning to realize that it's not just the pastor but it's me that can do something in God's name. And so when we are not realizing all of the potential that God has given us we are living way below Our spiritual means. Acts 1 and 8 says. You shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Potentially every believer has been filled with the Holy Ghost. That has been filled with the Holy Ghost. Has awesome power at their disposal. And everyone who is born again are without excuse. Everyone can be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And don't get hung up on tongues. Tongues is for your personal communication with God. The Holy Spirit is a person. Do you understand that? He was sent to earth as a substitute for Jesus. Jesus went back to the Father at the Father's right hand. We say, we say in the church, we have Jesus living in our heart actually is the Holy Spirit that is in us. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit is a person. Tongues, interpretation, prophecy, all works of the Holy Spirit, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the manifestations. The Holy Spirit is living in you. The Bible says if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of His. Every believer. Same Holy Spirit that dwelt in the Apostle Paul dwells in you. The same Holy Spirit that dwelt in Jesus dwells in you. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 11, if that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Now get this. Your mortal body. If that word quicken means make alive. The Holy Spirit dwelling in you also enables you in your healing, in your health. You've got deity living in you. The Holy Spirit dwelling in you, the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. Folks, We're living way below our means. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you receive supernatural ability to operate in the gifts and the call of God for body, soul, and spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, he imparts supernatural ability into your spirit to accompany your purpose in God. Potential means That you have more ability in God than you are using. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And then he transferred that power to his church. And that's the power that is working in us. It is up to us to allow the spirit to move. It is up to us to allow the spirit to work in us. Praise the Lord. The power at work in us, the power of the Holy Spirit. The problem is that you and I can be filled with the Spirit, but not allow the power of God to work in us or flow through you if you believe the lie. Too many people are believing the lie. They're believing that this is not for today. They're believing that this all went out with the first, early church. That's not true. I'm reminded of the story of the baby elephant who is chained by the leg to a stake in the ground, and as that elephant grows, he's always to a stake, And you if you've seen elephants in circles, there's just a stake drove in the ground. And this big elephant, weighing tons, is chained by one leg to that stake. And he's just swaying like this. And he thinks he can't get away. He don't realize the massive power that animal has. That he can take that foot and rip that thing out of the ground and go free. And that's the way it is with Christians. We've believed the lie. People have told us that miracles are not for, for today. People have told us that there's no such thing as prophecy for today. People have told us that you can't believe for healing today. And we've said maybe our forefathers were wrong. Maybe what mom and dad believed was wrong. But all oh, men and women, boys and girls all over the world are experiencing every day the miracle-working power of God in their lives. It's true. It's real. And it's of God. Don't let anyone tell you any difference. As you step out by faith, that potential ability that God has already placed in your spirit will begin to manifest in your life. The Apostle Paul exhorted young Timothy to stir up the gift within him. He said, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You have unrealized unreal, gifts and talents and abilities within that needs to be stirred up. If God is calling you to do something, he has already gifted you for the task. Amen. And so thirdly and finally, know your mission. Jesus knew what he had to come to earth to do. He knew the power and the authority that was his. And he paid the price for our sin with his own blood. Even he could have summoned angels to rescue him. But he chose to pay the price, the once and for all sacrifice for our sin. You and I were purchased at an awesome price. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus received the wages, the wages of sin. He died a physical death on the cross for you and I. And we received the gift, the gift of eternal life. We were justified. And declared innocent. Therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that a man is not justified. By the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ. After Jesus had risen from the grave. His commission was complete. The Bible records. A number of appearances to people. After his resurrection. And one such appearance. He commissioned his church. To carry on his work. One, on one appearance parents in Mark chapter 16 gives a clear indication of the power and the potential for every believer in carrying out the great commission. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved and he who believes not will be condemned. At this point, they were full of head knowledge. They had learned ministry over a a three-and-a-half-year period with Jesus. But they were not fully equipped. As of yet, they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. And being assembled together, Acts chapter 1, 4, and 5, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's what he gave his church. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And it's still very much at work and in action to this very day. Folks, we can only do so much with our natural talent and gifting. People who have heeded Jesus' instruction to be filled with the Spirit possess a power and anointing not unlike that which Jesus operated here on earth. Now let me clarify just in case because I'm not the best Person at explaining things, but let me clarify. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came to indwell you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Everybody understand that? Now, but there is also a, a baptism in the Holy Spirit. A power for service. And Jesus said to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you get it. They waited for 10 days in an upper room. The second story of a building. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out. This Holy Spirit is still being poured out upon Bible believing Christians today. And what I am saying this morning is this, that if you are a born again believer, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and you are a candidate to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's when you unleash all of this power that the Bible is talking about, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, seeing all kinds of miracles taking place. And when people, when people are looking for a miracle, guess where they go to? They go to some group of people that believe this doctrine, that believe in the Bible, Bible-believing church, the Bible that says that those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ will not only be saved, but they'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they will do great miracles just as Jesus did. Hold on to your seat. I'm just about finished. When Jesus, Jesus said, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He'll be with you and he'll be in you. Okay? That's when you, that's when you receive Jesus. But he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And you will do greater things than I have done. Acts chapter 10, uh, 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This is what Jesus did. And Jesus said, you're going to do even greater than that. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise the Lord. Jesus said that believers, not only evangelists and pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets, they're believers, of course. But believers, people who do not operate in any of those giftings, in any of those ministry gifts, believers, every spirit believer, has a God-given ability to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed, delivered, restored. You can pray for your son's marriage. You can pray for your parents' marriage. You can pray for sickness and disease and see it go in the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus did, we can do. It's happening all over the world this very hour. This new awakening will be infused with power of the Holy Spirit. When hungry souls cry out to God in heartfelt repentance, you'll see it happen. When Christians turn away from sin and back to Jesus, the one who died to set them free, you're going to see it happen. Change will be broken. People will be set free from addictions and restored to new life in Jesus. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Is there anything new in your life since you accepted Jesus? Or is it the same old, same old? If it is, if there hasn't been a change, then you need to get on your face before God and say, Lord, I've missed something along the way. Because there's no change in me. I want to be changed. I want that change that your word talks about a new creation in Christ Jesus. He will do it. Tim Tebow, he's a football player. He said, The world looks at me as a football player who is a Christian. But I look at the world and say, I'm a Christian. Who happens to be a football player? Who are you? Who are you? Do the devils know who you are? Do these shake and tremble when they see you open your mouth to God in prayer? when they see you pray for your family, for your children, for your loved ones? Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Can you say I'm a child of the Most High God? If you can't say that, then I want to give you an opportunity to say it today. I want to give you an opportunity to come and ask Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you've never served him. This would be a good day to start, wouldn't it? Just about every week, we went through the prayer cards last Tuesday. I think there were Four, people that said, I'm dedicating my life to Jesus Christ. Folks, I want you to know that there's more to it than that as well. That's the beginning. That's the first step. Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to fill you with power. He wants to give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He wants to make you effective. You see, the plan of God was this that every one of us, every, every individual in this room, that when God saved us, we would share that with somebody else. It's the biggest pyramid scheme you could ever imagine. That's the way the church is intended to grow. God wants us to be fruitful. Amen? Would you like to know Jesus as your Savior? Would you like to get in on the ground floor? This is the day. Amen? Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father. I just want to thank you today for your love, your mercy, your faithfulness. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will give courage to that one that wants to make some changes in their life. If you don't know the Lord today and you want to or you want to rededicate your life to him, would you just pray after me? And those of you who know the Lord, why don't you just pray along to make it easier for them? Dear Heavenly Father, Father, I come to you. I believe believe. that Jesus is your son, son. That that he died on the cross, that I might go free. Jesus paid the price for my sin. I accept that price as a full atonement for me. Father, your word says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm calling now. Forgive me. Take me into your fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you let somebody know? Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Amen. Amen. Share it with somebody. Say, I prayed that prayer today. And If you did, you're born again. I would love to give you some information too if you'll come and see me. Lord bless you. Folks, have a great day in Jesus. Father, just bless this congregation. And I pray, Lord, that the rest of this summer will be good for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.